listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back. It's episode 65 of On the Road coming at you. This week we kick off with a few thought-provoking words from Mike in something to talk about, and a little later he's joined by Cam Dumsney to talk about the NHVR and the wild, wild west. We introduce you to a great Aussie band called Darlinghurst that's really making waves and a great song later on from Jack McDougall, along with all the latest from the On The Road newsroom and another Wake The Truck Up instalment from Truckies Tax Accountant Ben Charles. Mike and Andy butt heads talking about this weekend's Bathurst Great Race in That's What You Think and a whole lot more. It's On The Road time, so let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I'm at the point now where I'm about to tear my bloody hair out, you know. I'm sick of all the COVID arguing, absolutely sick of it. And from this point forward, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've had a bit of a discussion with Andy. We are going to dial it right back on the show. For or against, I no longer care. I really don't. But what I'm going to talk about now for a moment, have any of you heard the quote, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still? It's a famous quote. Now, there's a bloke named Dale Carnegie that wrote a popular book how to Win Friends and Influence People. And he plagiarised that. <laughs> it's not his statement. A lot of people think it was him, but it wasn't him. Mary Wollstonecraft, who lived between 1759 and 1797, was a famous British writer, feminist. She was the mother of the bloke that wrote Frankenstein. She had her quotation, it was, convince a man against his will, he's of the same opinion still. And that appears in Chapter 5 of her 1792 book, A Vindication of the Rights of Woman. Now, it's an adage that's been placed in quotes, not been denoted as original text, but it's down to her. She might have been misquoted in someone else, though, a bloke named Samuel Butler, who lived from 1612 to 1680, wrote an enormous poem called Hudebra. It's in part three, and it appears in lines 547 to 550. It says this, He that complies against his will is of his own opinion still, he may adhere to, yet disown, for reasons to himself best known. So this butler bloke penned the original, and old mate Mary took it on, but Dale Carnegie was the one that made it famous. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this because I'm absolutely fed up with the whole anti-vaxxer thing, and you know there are people that are coming to our side and all the rest of it. And I can tell you straight, there are people out there that are doing it not because it's the best decision for them, but because they're being compelled to. They're not rich footballers that can say, stick it up your ass, I'm not going to do that. They're not rich tennis players that said, I don't want to come and play in your stupid tournament, stick it up your ass, I'm not doing that. There are people who have been beaten down financially who cannot make a decision without throwing away everything that they've worked for. The feeling of violation that they must feel when they're forced to do something that they're fundamentally opposed to, they're not coming around to your side. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. We have created a wall in this country. We really have. I can't see that there is any way through the divide that we've created. That's something to talk about, something to think about. Catch you on the road.
Now we've had truckloads of requests from you guys asking for more Aussie music, so we've been on a quest to find great Australian artists and bands you may or may not be familiar with. Kicking off this week is the Melbourne-based country pop sensation Darlinghurst. With their debut album racing to number one in the country charts, four number one hits on the Australian Country Hot 50 radio charts, nominated for Contemporary Album of the Year, Group or Duo, as well as new talent for the 2022 Australian Country Music Awards, the band features Jason Resch, Pagan Newman, Cassie Leopold and Matt Davides. They've created a fresh, unique and accessible sound that's all their own and we've managed to track the band down. We're joined on the road today by Jason Resch to find out more about this exciting Aussie band known simply as Darlinghurst. Hi Jason, mate, thanks so much for joining us on the road today. Oh, thanks, Andy. Where did Darlinghurst start? How did the four of you get together initially? So we met through a producer called Pete Dacey. He sort of knew us from like previous projects and I was working with Pete at the time already when he sort of got a word about all four of us wanting to do an original project. He kind of got us all into a room together just to see how we would get along and we had the meetup, all four of us, and we all just got on like a house on fire, really. So, yeah, that's sort of how it initially started. And then Cassie was writing a movie script called Darlinghurst. We were trying to find a name. Okay. Yeah, that came along and, oh, could we use that? Then that's what we've got. Way to go. Well, it sounds like it was all meant to be when it falls together that easily. Yeah, some things do like that. But, yeah, we're just fortunate that it did uh, that way. So, yeah, that's no, wonderful. Yeah. How would you describe the Darlinghurst sound? Obviously, there's the country element to it, which has come from our previous backgrounds. I've grown up listening to country myself, more the older sort of country. We've never really sat down and said, oh, this is what we're going to sound like or this is what we want to sound like. We kind of just try and not do the same and let the listener come up to their own sort of conclusion. Mm. I guess all your individual sounds sort of came together and morphed into one original sound. Yeah, like I said, like I think the natural things come along with trying not to overthink too many things. And so, yeah, but I guess look, it, it is a bit country, a bit pop, a bit folk, a bit rock, I guess. So just put it all in a big pot and just stir it and see what happens. Just a great <laughs> organic sound. Gazing into your crystal ball, Jason, what does the future hold for Darlinghurst? Well, we're excited to be sort of playing again. So I guess in our sort of immediate future, we're going to be getting out on the road again and playing lots of gigs and just writing more songs. Obviously, this whole COVID pandemic has just affected everybody, you know, so I guess it's just trying to get back on the horse and keep going now. So I'm just trying to get out there and keep doing what we're doing. And I believe in the distance there, you can see a bright neon sign that says Nashville. Is that right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But there's neon signs with many place names on there. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville's definitely in our sight, but, you know, sort of just one step at a time, really, and just one foot forward. We'll get there one day, but yeah, one day at a time at the moment. Yeah, well, from what I've heard, I don't think it's going to be too long. Now, Jason, as you know, On the Road goes out to thousands of Aussie truckies each week right around Australia. They've been doing an outstanding job of keeping our country moving forward in what has been repeatedly and tiresomely referred to as difficult times. What message would you like to send out to all the truckies today on behalf of the band? Oh, we would just like to say just a massive thank you. I think without those trucks, like, yeah, the country sort of just nothing moves. Stops. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, just want to say a massive thank you to them. Hope they stay safe and, yeah, thank you so much. Good on you. Now, mate, where can our listeners go to find out more about the band and get their hands on more of Darlinghurst's great music? You can listen to our music on all social media platforms and Spotify and iTunes, Apple Music and all that sort of stuff. You can check out our music and our gigs at darlinghurst-band.com and also on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We've been chatting with Jason Resch from the band Darlinghurst, and though it's been difficult to pick out just one of those great songs to play on the show, we've chosen the track So Long, So Long. So Jason, thanks for taking the time out to chat with us on the road today. It's been brilliant. Can you please do us the honour of introducing this great Darlinghurst song for us? No worries. This is Jason from the band Darlinghurst, and you're listening to our song So Long, So Long. Everybody's 
I've been asked to write a story by Big Rigs about why the NHBR and WA don't seem to like each other very much, and the Northern Territory too for that matter. National Heavy Vehicle Regulator isn't really truly national. People are saying it's the Wild West. I came over here certainly thinking it was the Wild West, but I discovered it's really not that wild. Things are pretty bloody sensible over here, once you get over the border anyway. <laughs> the reality of it is... You've got a brilliant system over here with the AM system. And I wanted to talk with someone that knows what they're talking about when it comes to this. I thought Cam Dumsley, the CEO of the Western Roads Federation. And we've got a few bullet points we'd like to cover. Cam, WA can't afford to join the NHVR, can it? Australia can't afford WA to join the NHVR, mate. It's that simple. <laughs> right, eh? You know what it's like over here. It's practical. Is it perfect? No. Yeah. But let's go to basics. WA at the moment, we generate about 60% of Australia's export income. Mm-hmm. Basically, we pay off the credit card. Yep. You know, you work up there in the mines. We move bucket loads of stuff. Yep. We got the gas industry. We got ag. We got gold mining, lithium, mineral sands. Like we move bucket loads of stuff, but it all moves predominantly out to port and then shipped overseas. Yep. But when you're doing that, You've got to be competitive globally, which means you need to be productive, which means you've got to be able to move. So you need practical solutions. Mm. So I'll give you a basic example. This one sticks in my mind. It was about 2017, thereabouts, we had a bumper harvest. And the ag industry come to us and said, hey, listen, we're going to struggle to get this from the paddock into the silos and then off down to where they send it after that. Yeah. And we sat out with main roads, the ag industry, transport industry, and within a week, they're putting together some practical measures to enable us to upgrade the road network, the restricted access vehicles, upgraded a couple of levels, so we could move more tonnages, so we get it off the paddocks into the silos. Yep. The practical stuff. Would you imagine trying to do that under HVR? Well, you'd be lucky to be able to talk to the same person twice, I think, on the phone. Yeah, yeah. The thing about it is that you've got the AMS network, yes. and people say to me, well, what's that? What does AMS actually stand for? It's a credit mass management system, so it's part of what's called the restricted access vehicle network. That's right. So we have a network right across the state which layers you by the types of vehicles up to quad road trains, and provided you're accredited, you can get access to that network. It's just automatic access. Right, so the short story of it is you've got a map of routes, like a B-double route, like a triple road train route, like whatever, Yeah. and as long as I've got the right registration and I've accredited in the right way, yeah. then without having to further go and communicate with anyone, that's right. I can run to those permit conditions on that piece of road. The road managers have got it all sorted out. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much as the right access, yep. pretty much. I'm pleased I'm right about that because that's been my interpretation. It's been one of the things I've been saying the whole time. Essentially, that's what it boils down to. If you're accredited yep. and you know, your vehicle meets a standard, you've got a pre-approved map to run triple road trains, quad road trains, whatever it may be. Yep. You don't have to go applying for a permit to move it. Mm. You don't have to do that when you get oversized. So when you go and you initially register the vehicle or the trailer set, yeah. You go through with the Transport WA yeah. and you cross all those T's and dot all those I's when you initially register the vehicle. Yeah. And then after that, it's all good. Yeah, that's right. God help you if you get caught in the wrong place. Well, that's right. But it's all good. Yeah, yeah. And look, I don't have a problem with being caught in the right place. Yeah. We've been given a, pretty much a set of free reign. Yep. But it's a trust-based system too. If you're off-route and you're caught, well, hey, you're over the boundary line, you're out of bounds. Well, the other part about it is too, though, mate, I got caught off-route in a B-double when I first went over to WA. Yeah. I'm sitting on the side of the road and I'm looking at the map and I'm thinking to myself, no, nah, this can't be right. You know, you get the feeling you're driving around and you think, shit, I really shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at that and the transport car pulled up in front of me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be fun. And the guy stands beside the window and he says, mate, you look a bit lost. And I said, well, yeah, I am a bit lost. And he said, where are you going? And I showed him where I'm trying to go. He said, oh, you're not far away, mate. He said, all you need to do is just go up there and turn left. And he gave me some good directions to where to go. Yeah, yeah. And he said, but you really shouldn't be here. And I said, yeah, I I sort of worked that out. Yeah. I suppose this is going to be painful now. And he said, not this time, mate, but it will be if I see you here again. Yeah. And that was the pragmatic way they dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been a different story in St. Mary's in Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Look, our main roads, they'll slam you, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But nine times out of ten, you know, you pulled over, as long as you don't gob off at them. Yep. They're being reasonable about it. And that's why you sort of want to keep it that way. Yes. I don't have a problem if someone is deliberately gone and breached the rules and done that. 
fine. You stuffed up, cop it. Yep. But, you know, making an innocent mistake, they're generally pretty, is a warning provided you haven't done it before. Yeah. And that's a good thing. But while you're on the subject of moving stuff, the oversize over mass stuff is the other thing. Oh, yeah. You've been up to Great Northern. You know, we moved bucket loads of stuff up there from Perth up to Newman, Pilbara, wherever else. Getting those permits, normally it's about two days. Yep. But here's the key. We put the permits into main roads. Main roads assesses it and issues you back your permit, normally in about two days, a couple of issues at the moment because there's a fair bit going on. Yep. But the Commissioner of Main Roads has the authority to basically say, yes, you can go on these local government roads. Yep. The problem that was structurally set up for NHVR and they can't correct it because they've been sort of dealt the bad hand mm. is they're stuck with every time they want to do it, they've got to go out to any one of the 460 councils, local governments thereabouts or toll road owners yep. and ask their permission. Yep, and they can just say no and throw a spanner in the works and that. Yeah, you can have a whole route approved, but one local government on the road hasn't come back to you or hasn't done it. Yep. That can't work in WA because if you're carrying... I don't know, a mining belt or a bucket or something that's needed for one of the mine sites. Yeah. That stuff produces bucket loads of dollars a day. Yeah. And it can't sit there for 28, 30, 50 days waiting. Yeah. That's costing Australia and us, our industry, money. So let's keep moving. And that's really what WA is about. Well, three, eight and a half metre wide loads on the Great Northern last night. That's constant up here. I've got some awesome photos of some really, really big things. Yeah. It's been a real eye-opener for me. I'm glad I've come up here and done it. Yeah. It's been a lot of education. (laughs) You blokes pay a lot more for your permits over here than they do in the east, but I think that while you might pay for it in terms of actually getting the permit, you're not paying for it in the amount of wasted time and bureaucratic red tape you've got to cut your way through in the eastern states. It just seems a whole lot more pragmatic over here to me. Yeah, look at this. You definitely pay more for permits here, a lot more. But that money we get from permits, we also reinvest that back into things like underground and overhead power lines that may be low. Yeah. So instead of having to pay, say, thirteen and a half, fourteen thousand, whatever route you're on, for a couple of electricians to sit in a twin cab ute and do the high tech thing of lifting up the power line with a poly pipe so you can get under. Yeah. We'll pay some money out of the oversize over mass permit systems to underground that power line. Is it perfect? No. We're getting better at it. Yeah, we are. Yep. But that's what it's about. You know, you've got to keep the state moving. Yeah. The truck drivers being parked up, it frustrates them. It's a waste of money. And we just need to keep going. So that's what it's largely about. So I suppose really the big worry is if you were to join the NHVR over here in Western Australia, you really lose the chance to create those pragmatic solutions like you did in the wheat belt. Yeah. You'd lose your voice, really, wouldn't you? You'd just be another shouting in the crowd, wouldn't you? Uh, look, it's hard enough for, you know, look, being West Australian, if I join a national conference call on any subject, yeah. you've probably got two dozen voices on the East Coast talking about, you know, the major problems of the Hume Highway or the Pacific Highway, mm. and you suddenly chirp in and start talking about WA or NT issues. They're just not interested. You're just a lost voice. Yeah. If i got a problem, I can get a flight across to Brisbane. It's, what, five hours? Yep. I lose a day travelling there. I'm at least two time zones out of sync, and I want to be moving by five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And I've got to go and argue the case face to face. Yeah. Doesn't work. It won't work. No. No, it won't work. Just a, a point, though, they talk about the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. Mm. This is my argument. Mm. We are a democracy, and WA and the NT are in the majority. Yeah. Because if you add up the land mass of WA and the NT, we're about 50.8% of continental land mass. Yeah. Makes us the majority. We win. <laughs> we win. That's the end yeah. of the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that makes me laugh. It is funny to me. Talking with Cam Dubson, he's the CEO of Western Roads Federation, and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. 
specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Western Australian ministers and politicians won't follow demonstrably insane on some things. Yeah. Transport seems to have been got pretty right. I honestly don't think that that's a function of what the people do now. It's the function of the people that had the common sense when they set it up. Yeah, absolutely. You're dead right. So that was probably a few years ago, mate. Yeah. Murray Lay told me a story about how there was a bloke out there at Kalgoorlie who decided that he wanted to run the big fuel tankers. Yeah. So he just went ahead and built a couple of them. Yeah. And then flew the minister out and said, go for a ride in a helicopter and watch how this works. (laughs) (laughs) How would you like to have a set of big brass balls? (laughs) Oh, Oh, look, there's some classic stories like that in WA. There were some olds and bolds in the industry back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. What they did, he couldn't write a book on it. They were entrepreneurial. Yeah. They proved their point. And in some ways, we've lost a lot of that. Yeah. It's about being innovative and, and safe. Yeah. They prove in both cases, getting them out and doing it. Yeah. Some of the way they've set our industry up here that I've inherited, you know, obviously from an association perspective, you got to pay tribute to what they did. Yeah, you really do. They really had forethought. Yep. And, you know, we're pulling out record iron ore prices and gold's at 20-year highs. Yep. The reason we can do that, because everyone keeps focusing on the trains hauling the ore out and all the rest of it, they forget how much effort goes in by the road transport industry to sustain those mines in the most remote areas in the world. Yep. And we keep them globally competitive because we've got an efficient transport industry. Well, that's right. The particular mine that I've been cutting out of up here into Port Hedlands, it's a 700-kilometre round trip. Yeah. And we're bringing in 150 tonnes of ore a load. Yeah. We're getting down the road at a GVM of like 210 tonne or so. Yeah. And I can tell you now, mate, that truck... It's been a real eye-opener to me. When I first got behind the wheel of one of these things and you look in the mirrors and the trailers just go back forever. Yeah. And you think to yourself, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, how am I ever going to drive this thing? Yeah. I'd had double road train experience before I come up here. Yeah. And I looked in the mirror and I thought, my God, this thing goes on forever. And now I've been driving one for, what, five months or so now. And I can tell you quite comfortably, having driven the Yume, I would be happy to take one from Eastern Creek all the way to Dandenong. Yeah. That's how well I handle you know, not that I have a public admitted over here, but I grew up as a teenager on the Yuma Highway. I used to come and rails the trucks to pull me over the bridge. Oh, I've heard stories. <laughs> but anyway, the freeway there now, yep. that's a freeway. Yep. Why aren't we pulling road trains up the freeway? Yeah, well, exactly. Why are we not at least doing triples? Yeah, when you compare the roads you're driving on in the Pilbara, yeah. and yet you can't run triple road trains on the Hume. Yeah. The Hume's a fantastic road. Yeah. got fog lines. It's even got shoulders past the fog line. <laughs> That's a novel concept up there. Like You're not driving along the great cliffs that we've got on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the big issues. I mean, let's be honest. It's not incident-free up here. No. Things do happen and things do go wrong. Yeah. But having said that, when you look at the amount of tonnes that get moved and the amount of truck movements there are, yeah. it's really no different to anywhere else. And I think it's all down to the calibre of guys that you've got actually sitting behind the wheel. And as long as you maintain good, experienced drivers getting into the bigger combinations, Mm. then that's probably the most important thing. And I know that you and I could have a long, long discussion along with blokes like Ken Wilkie and other fellas about the level of training and the quality of it and the fact that we've made a few mistakes in the last several years particularly. But we haven't revised the licensing system since the 80s, have we, really? Yeah. Fundamentally, there are problems. Yeah. Yeah. We need to fix that up. Yeah, look, we've got to rethink how we do the whole thing. Look, we're trying. I'm hopeful, and I say hopeful, that we can actually start to make a more progressive licensing approach over here yeah. and start moving licensing based on training, not time. Yeah. I'll go back to a basic argument. We can put a 21-year-old in a $100 million fighter jet, yeah. but you can't put a person in a road train till they're about 25. Yeah. You can hold up, is it a HR to HC? I think it's 12 months you've got to hold the license for. Well, to put that in East Coast speak, mate, it's HR to HC. HR to HC, yeah. Yeah. So I don't need to drive for that 12 months. Yeah. I've just got to hold on to my license. Yeah. And then after that, if you do another four days, then you can have a B-double license, which will let you drive a quad road train. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. we got to change it and, and base it on training and competence, yeah. not on time. Yeah, no, I agree. So, look, I think we might start to get some traction here on the issue. Yeah. But you know what it's like. It's a long, hard slug to get much done here. Yeah. We get things done, but it's hard slug for every transport association across the country trying to get things up and running. Yeah, well, just to wrap up the story, I mean, we got on a diversion there, a licence again. It's an important issue, but we diverted. You said five or six years ago, some of the old guard of the ATA directors were sort of saying, <laughs> when are you going to grow up and join the NHVR, mate? <laughs> Did he even say good day to you? Nope. No, no <laughs> big words. <laughs> I remember it well. Oh, man. When are you going to grow up and join the NHVR? Well, it's an interesting conversation a few years down the track yeah. where I've got some of my other interstate counterparts now saying to me privately, we wish we had done what WA has done and stayed out. And, and I think that's where it's at. You sort of look at some of the things that they've been doing over there, trying to change the fatigue management system yeah. more in line with the WA fatigue management system with respect to hours at least. Yeah. But the fundamental problem that they've got over there that you don't have here yep. is that you've got a whole bunch of people, namely the police force, and I'm not having a crack at the police force, no. This is in their powers and it's just the way they do business. Yeah. But over here, fatigue management is treated much more as an occupational health and safety issue. Yes, it is. Rather than a roadside enforcement issue. I honestly don't think that you've got the same level of problems. You've certainly got the same levels of technology over here. Yeah. You've got all the tracking and the MT data and the rigid enforcement of fatigue law as it exists. There is law. Oh, yeah. It's not six shooters, leather jackets and bloody cowboy hats. Yeah. It is serious and taken very, very seriously, but just the way it's enforced is different. I honestly think it's a little bit better over here as far as that goes. Yeah. You don't certainly have the same level of, I suppose, interaction with law enforcement here that you do in the East Coast. That's something we would want to protect. Yeah. You're dead right. It's an occupational health and safety issue, and that's the same way the Territory treats it as well. Yeah. Gary Mann from QTA pulled out the original document. I think it was written in the late 30s on fatigue. Yeah. And it was one page. I think it said it's up to 104 rules now regarding fatigue in the East that you can be fined for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's pretty basic. There's the limits on where you can drive. Yeah. And you need to take a proper rest. Yeah problem we have in WA and, and Territory is the same. It's not always that easy to say, oh, well, you know, I'm going up to Hume, I'll pull up in Glen Rowan because it's got good rest area there, a truck stop. Yep. A lot of our truck stop, it's wet or it's the grey nomads have crowded it out. Yeah. You've got to be pragmatic about it. You've got to be practical and at the same time, balance that off against safety that they look after themselves and get a rest. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's about the driver's welfare. You're trying to protect them, and that needs to be the priority in the way you set the rules. That's right, mate. Well, look, it's been great to have your input on the subject, Cam. Yeah. And I appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Thanks very much, mate. Anytime. So we've been talking with Cam Dubson. He's the CEO of Western Roads Federation, one of the more sensible heads in the transport industry that I've had a discussion with. See you on the road. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking With Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Just a quick word about our sponsors. 
Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, this is Ben Tilney from Street Pieces and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey Mike, back in Perth, buddy. Yeah mate, that's it. Beautiful day over here in Perth today. It's about, I don't know, a thousand degrees in the shade outside. <laughs> Lucky you. Looking forward to heading back to the east coast, back to New South Wales, back to my own quiet little house on the south side of Sydney where I can look at my backyard and crack a great northern and enjoy that back to work at UTH and we'll see how we go I suppose. Good stuff well as long as your backyard's not like mine which is like underwater at the moment. No no I don't think my backyard's underwater. The last photo I saw of it was nice and green and the people that have been renting our house have mowed it all and without putting too fine upon they probably a little bit better care for it when I was there but anyway. There you go. Now, mate, I know people have been saying that I've got to stop giving my wife a hard time. You do. Which I will do. At some stage in the future, (laughs) probably not now. But I just wanted to tell you, I've discovered something really interesting about my wife. Righto, after all this time. Yeah, yeah. She was feeling a bit down the other night, Mm. so I said to her, look, if it'll cheer you up, I'm happy to let you colour in my black and white tattoos. Righto. And it worked. She was soon smiling from ear to ear, and it seems all she needed was a shoulder to crayon. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's bad. That's a dead joke, mate. That's not good, is it? No, no, uh, no, that's it. Back to the drawing board, buddy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, mate, speaking of all the rain. I want to know, have you ever seen rain? Continues to rain cats and dogs in Queensland. Yep. It's not real nice out on the roads at the moment, and not altogether surprising to hear that one truckie has been rescued after running into floodwaters off the Cunningham Highway in Gundawindi. Yeah, look, you can only tell Blake a certain amount of things, can't you? Mm. I mean, this is an expensive little mistake, mate. That's a nice 610 Kenworth he's got there. There's an A-trailer gone in there. I don't think that's copped too much water, but getting that Kenworth back on the road is going to be a lot of fun. Can you imagine the phone call to the boss? Oh, yeah. You know, the floor mat's a wet boss. I can't drive it. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, I wouldn't like to be him. I wouldn't like to be the boss getting the call either. Yeah. But it just goes to show you one thing, mate. Like they say, if it's flooded, forget it. Yep. We all see the four-wheel drive shows and we all see the blokes driving the big road trains through the water with the bloody water up at the hubs. I mean, I've even done it. But if your truck's set up for it and that's one of the hazards you're going to encounter, you know, blokes like Steve Graham and more on him in a minute. Mm. If you're one of those fellas that that's in your job description and it's something you do, well, fine. You know, you've set your trucks up, you've got the breathers on so you don't get water in the diffs and the gearbox. And that's great. But if your truck's not set up that way, you can't know what's going on under the water unless you walk through it first. You can't know that the road's not washed away. And trucks aren't as heavy as people think they are, and the force and the volume of water that can be going across some of those floodways can be absolutely phenomenal. This bloke's made a big mistake, and that's going to cost a lot of money to fix that mistake. At least no one lost their lives because it could have easily happened. All it needed to do was be rolling on its side and you pinned on it and that's it. Yep. If it's blooded, forget it, guys. Yeah, totally. It's so tempting. You say it's sometimes in the job description, but I think it's in the blood as well. Yep. Years ago, we were on Fraser Island, and in the cafe there, there was photos up on the wall of all these cars that, you know, washed out the sea on Fraser Island. One of them was the Leyland brothers crossing Eli Creek. Yep. And they got out to film them washing their car in the middle of Eli Creek and then watched it as it washed out into the surf. So... <laughs> If it can even happen with the Leyland brothers, there's cause there for thought before you do it. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, they had some adventures, didn't they? Didn't they what? Hmm. Speaking of adventures, mate, the ever-popular and everyone's favourite Aussie TV show Outback Truckers, and G'day to Yogi and the boys, has won a highly coveted gong at the recent TV Black Box Awards. Reality TV show favourite Outback Truckers has won the most popular factual program awarded at the TV Black Box Award. Old mate Steve Graham said, I'll be blowed. <laughs> he would. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> What else would you expect? Yeah. He's one of the fellas that's been on it probably the longest, him and Yogi and maybe a couple of others. There have been, uh, been some pretenders and everyone remembers old mate Turbo, I'm sure. Yeah. Obviously, they're thankful to the Black Box Awards and all the other nominees. Nine years ago, they started it. 
Uh-huh. We don't know if it's going to keep going. I was having a chat with Yogi the other day, and he said he's still waiting to hear from the producers to find out what's going on. Yep. Maybe it's going to go ahead. Maybe it's not. It's had a good run, and there's a lot of loyal fans. Yep. I actually think there's time now for a show just Aussie truckers, you know? Yep. You know, send the crew out and spend a week with a truckie just doing a job in Australia, not necessarily an outback truckie. Hmm. Fair call. Well, with a bit of luck with this award, that might just be the shot in the arm they need to keep it running. Mm. Mike, construction work continues at the eight-mile intersection north of Warwick in Queensland where the Cunningham and New England highways meet. Yeah, a bit of road works going on up there. Mm. Just a quick mention for this one. Obviously, if you're going to be driving in the area up around there, (laughs) apart from the water, just keep your eye out for the construction crews if they're in fact working. Yeah. They'll be the ones with floaties on. And fins, yeah. yeah. So yeah. as far as all roadworks go in Queensland, if you're a truckie or anyone just driving around, go to www.qldtraffic.qld.gov.au and you can see where all the roadworks are or you can call 131940 for updates on all the roadworks all the way across Queensland. But the works there are going to be between 6am and 6pm, Monday to Friday. It's going to be a reduced speed limit. Take care out there, boys and girls. Yeah, probably wouldn't hurt to keep an eye on the bomb weather site too, for that matter. Indeed, indeed. Mate, the National Road Freighters Association have had face-to-face talks with the National Transport Commission about some important aspects of the heavy vehicle national law overhaul. Yeah, they have. Look, this is something that Trevor and the boys at the NRFA have been on about for quite some time. Hmm. They're receiving a steady stream of complaints from drivers about petty, non-safety-related infringement notices. This is a fact of life on the East Coast, you know, little things where you know, probably a warning would suffice. Now, there's a school of thought that says you can keep warning people and they'll keep making mistakes and it's not until you hit them in the pocket that they learn anything. I'd argue that, yeah, there are a few blokes out there that are a little bit thick or try it on, but the majority of fellas out there are just trying to do the right thing forget to put a line in the book or you forget to write your home base down or something like that in the front of your logbook. What difference does it make, really? Hmm. A friendly conversation on the side of the road with the copper or with the transport guy is much more likely to be effective and it's much more likely to have a generation of goodwill between the drivers and the enforcement agencies. The fact of the matter is the enforcement guys are just doing their job. They don't make the rules. Yep. You're never going to win if you pile out of the cab and hook into them because they've got a pen and the fines hurt, Yeah, best to create some sort of a dialogue. Now, I applaud the National Road Freighters Association for going to the NTC and trying to get a few of these things sorted out and get some understanding going on. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion around things like split rest breaks. Yep. I mean, who even knows how to do that stuff? Mm. I mean, I don't even know how to do that stuff. I've never done a split rest break in my life. You know why? I was scared of cocking it up and getting a fine. <laughs> so you've got to be taught about these things Aaron de Rosario is NTC's executive leader of regulatory reform, and he said the commission is continuing to meet and engage with industry. The Heavy Vehicle National Law Safety and Productivity Program is something that is a thing, and we've really got to sort of come together. The regulator's always going to be there. These rules are always going to be there. Yep. The transport freight task is always going to be there. Drivers are always going to be on the road, and the two are going to collide. It's going to happen. Yeah. So we've got to make you know, some sort of sensible arrangement somewhere so guys aren't getting hit with punitive fines. The fines don't just hit the driver on the day. They hit the family because mm. the guy's got to pay the mortgage. He's got to pay the bills, school shoes for the kids and all that sort of stuff. Yep. The collateral damage from these fines obviously can get right out of control. And some of the fines are absolutely insane. Yeah. So thanks to the NRFA for taking the case and getting it on there. Perhaps if all of the associations got together and approached the NTC and looked at the heavy vehicle national law in a unified way, we might actually get some progress, but I think that might be too much to ask for. Well, mate, it's a perfect example of the old truism of, you know, better to lead with the carrot than follow with the stick, if ever there was one. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. News just through from Iveco Trucks Australia, prompting the question, is it the end of an era for international or maybe even the end of international trucks in Australia altogether? Yeah, look, this one's from a co-publication of Big Rigs. This is from Power Talk, this story. Mm. But obviously, it's been in Big Rigs as well, and it's common knowledge. And I wanted to talk about it in the news today simply because it is important. If you've got a ProStar or any of the Iveco products, they're stopping the manufacturing, but they're still going to support with spare parts, so it's not the end of the road for them. Yep. It is probably going to be the end of the road for production in Australia. And look, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. 
We're a small country. We really don't have a huge Class 8 prime mover market in Australia. So the priority now is for Aveco Trucks Australia to continue to provide operators with a level of ongoing support and ensures that the ownership of the ProStar remains productive and cost-effective and hassle-free. And look, unless it's something that's unique to the ProStar, you won't have a problem with that now. They've got common engines in them, they've got common diffs, they've got common suspension systems, wheels. You can buy those parts in the milk bar nearly. Mm. So it's not going to be a great hassle, even all the seats and things like that. But if you want a dash panel or something like that or a bonnet, it might be a little bit more of a challenge, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's where they're at. Sad to see Aveco go, though, because they've had products in the market for a long time. A lot of fellas like me drove old S-lines and things back in the day. They've been around for a long time, International. Mm. Bit sad to see them reach where they're at, but it's not the first time that's happened to them, and you know, who knows? They're like John Farnham. They keep coming back. It kind of stands to reason in a way, though. When you look at what's happened with the passenger vehicle manufacturing in Australia as well, it's gone by the wayside. Yeah. All the stuff we used to proudly make that we no longer do... Yeah, don't even start me on that subject, mate. We haven't got we haven't got time. We won't go there. No, don't go there. All right. Mate, there could be a chance to pick up some early Christmas presents for the truckies in your life with Ritchie Brothers set to put 145 assets from prime movers, trailers to vans and courier trucks to auction. Yeah, look, there's a lot of gear out there that's being sold now. Ritchie Brothers are obviously rubbing their hands together with glee. Yeah. I wonder what their commission levels are, but the thing about it is... And I'm cured. I'm not going to go and buy another one. I've said that a few times. Mm. If you're out there and you're in the market to buy a truck now, there's a lot of good quality second-hand trucks on the market. You've only got to look at all the second-hand web pages. You've got to ask yourself why that is. Yeah. I've just sort of been keeping track of the job ads and the truck sales and things like that. And it's only what I'm seeing. I haven't done a mathematical evaluation of the program, but it seems to me there's a lot more second-hand trucks on the market. It seems to me the price of second-hand trucks is going down a little. Mm. And it seems that there's a hell of a lot more vacancies for particularly interstate drivers now being advertised. If you're on Facebook and you've got you know the ads turned on, have a look at the truck driving jobs pages on Facebook. I think if you've got a heartbeat and a license and you've had two jabs, you'll get a job these days. Yeah, pretty much so. I don't want to waffle on about the two jabs part, but the reality of it is... The qualifications to drive a truck now aren't revolving around experience and aren't revolving around what you bring. It's just what you have. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to go into Fair that. enough. The COVID-19 conversation is banned from this show from now on as far as I'm concerned. I've had a gut full of it. I'll drink to that. Well, if you're out looking at some special deals on trucks and things like that, just watch the ones coming out of Queensland with really wet floor mats in them. <laughs> <laughs> If you see a cheap 610 come up and the, the, the little note on the bottom that said floor mats have been damp. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye for that one. There you go. All right, mate. Well, to finish us up for the week, thought for the week. Yep. If you're looking for great things in your life, chances are you won't find them in your comfort zone. <laughs> and never a truer word was spoken. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, enjoy your time as a free man. Mate, I've got a couple of weeks over here in Perth now. Rose and I have got a few things to do. I'm going to try and catch up with Glenn Stirl and Cam Dumsney before I go back, get some comments about things. Glenn about the inquiry that he ran and Cam about some other things. You know, and spend some time with the grandchildren before we go and play trucks in the sand pit in the backyard. Then make our way across God's greatest country back to New South Wales. You might have to catch up with Yogi for one last swanny, mate. Oh, uh, well... What he would do, he would purposely heat up a can of emu mm. and hand it to me when I drove in the gate. We'll see how we do. I might have to slip down and say good day. I say slip down, it's a four-hour drive from Perth to where yeah. he lives, so it's just not around the corner. You're used to long drives. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, mate. Leave you to it. Take care out there, buddy. We'll see you on the road. Bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey everybody, this is Tony Justice, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Handy. Got a letter from the IRS saying your tax return is a terrible mess. Well, I ain't got... It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the Truckies Tax Accounting Specialist. As soon as I get paid. Hi, thanks, Andy and Mike. 
Again, Ben Charles here from Truckies Tax Accountants to lend a helping hand to hardworking Aussie truckies to increase their refunds for next year and to help them recover extra refunds from returns they've already lodged. It's Christmas time, so I thought it's time I start giving back. So what I'm going to be talking about today, things that I can do to make you money. The first thing is a $1,000 voucher, which you can pick up just by either going to our website or calling one 300 and giving them your name, telephone number and email. And I'll email, no strings attached, a $1,000 voucher, which is an hour of my time to talk about whatever it is that you need to talk about. Bigger refunds, extra refunds from past years, more pay now, TFN versus ABN, setting up an ABN company, partnership trust. I love a chat and I thought I'd just give you an hour of my time to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Okay, so another way to make money. I'll give you up to $500 cash for every truck you're trading you tell about us and they become a client. We have thousands of clients who make thousands of dollars from us each year just by referring their mates to get our service. It's a win-win-win, you, them, and us. Speaking of win, I'm going to throw in 10 grand for the on-the-road listeners, and that's coming from truckiestaxaccountants.com.au, for those people who refer the most clients. So start making up your Christmas list of every truckie and tradie who you think might be interested in the $1,000 Christmas gift, $500 cash for each person they refer, extra refunds now from the returns they've lodged, 21, 20, 19, the biggest and safest return and refund for 2022, and more pay by reducing the amount of money the boss keeps from your gross pay, i.e. your tax withheld. There's no one in Australia I can't help, but my focus is on truckies. We're working hardest for you, hardworking Aussie truckies, because you are able to claim more than any other profession, and you are losing the most every year by not claiming all the expenses you're entitled to. You know what? I'll bet you another thousand that I can find unclaimed expenses in every return you've ever done. So that's tens of thousands just waiting for you right now. Okay, Santa, let's recap. A $1,000 gift voucher right now, no strings attached, just for listening to my Wake the Truck Up segment on Australia's number one podcast for truckies on the road. I'll bet you a 1000 that you can win if I can't find unclaimed expenses in your returns in the years you've worked as a truckie. And I'll pay you up to $500 cash for every trucking tradie that you refer to us and they become paying clients. And as I noted, I'll put into the draw anyone who refers five or more people the biggest referee will get 5,000 and another five people will get $1,000 each. So simply call 1-300-5111 now and get your $1,000 gift sent to you by email immediately. And if you want to make some extra cash, start referring some friends. Remember, while you're on the phone, you can also make a booking for the free review of your returns and win another 1,000 if I can't find any extra refunds for you from unclaimed tax. There's no one who doesn't need money now or any time of the year, and we can help truckies and tradies access more of that money every day of the year. Most people will have done their 21 original returns, so the most relevant service will be the extra refund service, which recovers unclaimed refunds as a result of recording unclaimed expenses. Car by logbook, travel expenses up to 105 a day, overtime meals, shower thongs, and, and, and. All our services are success only, meaning you never pay us from your own pocket. We'll generate thousands in extra refunds and refunds for you, and we only get paid if we're successful. As always, everything I discuss on this podcast and during any consultation on behalf of Better Tax Returns Proprietary Limited Tax Agents and the brands Truckies Tax Accountants, Wake the Truck Up, and Tradies Tax Accountants can be verified by calling ATO on 132861 or going to ato.gov.au. The ATO are the only authority that matter. Not your mates, not your former tax agent, and not even me. I'm here to spoon feed you the very helpful and verifiable facts you need to get a bigger, safer return. I'll be actually starting with Triple M very soon to talk to truckies by radio on their night shift show with Luke Boner. And so that gives me an opportunity to have a chat with you directly. So I'll be here every week and on Triple M every month. I'm excited by the opportunity to dialogue with truckies but I'm even more excited about meeting them face-to-face. Representatives of Toll, Lynn Fox, Hills, and Meals have already approached me to talk face-to-face with their truckies. Only in a dialogue do I believe truckies get all the answers they need to ensure a bigger, 100% safe refund. If you want me to come meet your group, all you have to do is call and request. As always, for any questions and suggestions you might have for Wake the Truck Up 
please write to us via the ontheroadpodcast.com.au or call 1-300-5111-51. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Benjamin Charles. Until next week, wake the truck up and stay safe out there. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. Mate, I'm surprised you haven't had a go at me about Bathurst yet. <laughs> Did cross me mind, mate. Bogan Christmas. Oh. You're going to be watching, aren't you? Heaven on a short stick, mate. <laughs> Just try and stop me. Oh, our sponsors are going to be up there with their signs all over everything. They will. I didn't get an invite. Did you get an invite? I think it's still in the mail somewhere, mate. Probably still in the mail, mate. Yeah. We do need to get hold of a buddy supercar transport and have a bit of a chat about them. That's one of the projects that we've had on the back burner. We've never sort of seen to manage to pull off. No, it'll come. But Bogan Christmas, mate, the GMs have been replaced by, what is it? The Chevrolets. Yeah, from next year, yep. The Chevy Camaros will be in to replace the 300-year-old Commodores they're driving now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I was watching a thing there about how to cheat in motorsport on YouTube the other night. You know, longer fuel lines and blow-off valves that move sideways if you screw the screws up half a bit too tight and all that sort of thing. Mm. Pretty creative, those blokes. Well, given how tightly they restrict what they're allowed to do with the cars, they've got to be pretty creative to get around it. Quite amazing. Bathurst always used to be a thing with me. I used to love watching Brocky and Moffat and Jim Richards and all those fellas driving around the track. I was always really sort of a Holden man. You're not, though. You're a Ford man, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Blue blood, mate, all the way. So I don't understand how you and I ever got to talk to each other. We're polar opposites on lots of stuff. Pretty much everything, yeah. It surprises me. <laughs> it surprises you. <laughs> Fortunately, it's rare we're ever in the same room, so that's probably a good thing. Bathurst, I love it. Still think it's lost a lot since the days. I used to love it when they had all the different classes, so you'd have big V8s running around with you know Datsun 1200s and Minis. Yep. And, yep. and the drivers had to be really skilled, particularly the guys, well, hmm. not necessarily just the guys in the faster cars. The, the guys in the slower cars had to keep out of the way of the fast ones. And the fast ones had to learn how to dodge the other ones. And yeah. these days, it's just, you know, they're almost the same vehicle that just rocket-powered and point them in the direction and hope you finish at the flag first. Rocket-powered. I'll tell you what, there's been some Bathurst moments, though. I can't think of his name. <laughs> that fella driving a green Falcon with the number 17 on it. What? <laughs> oh, my mate, Dick. <laughs> Old mate, Dick. I tell you what, it's very cool. I've been many times down to his headquarters here in Queensland. Mm. Beautiful setup they got in there with all the cars going from way back. Yep. They've got a big glass case right beside the door where you go into the workshop and it's got the rock in it, the actual rock that he hit. Oh, right, eh? Their pride of place in this glass cabinet. Yep. You know, you've got to go and bow before it and cross yourself and whatever. That's the way it goes, I think. Quite amazed. I've been watching a series that NTI have had on YouTube. I can't bring it to mind the actual links to it at the moment, but it's been about educating people about the safety measures in racing. You know, all the suits and the helmets and the cars and how it all is brought together. Mm. There's an incredible amount of money spent on this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. But Bathurst, mate, you'll be bolted to the TV with a beer. I suppose you'll have Kath on a short leash to serve you snacks and all that sort of stuff, will you? She'll be toing and froing from the kitchen, yep. Will she? <laughs> And very quietly, too. Oh, right, eh? Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Happy days. We'll confer after it's all over, mate. And who's happy and who's not? Oh, I'm sure you will, mate, and I won't really mind. Good. I'll be happy for you, mate. I'll be happy for you. What a guy you are. I know. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Go the mighty Mustangs. Go the mighty Mustangs. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, mate. you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. 
Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. A rising Aussie singer-songwriter eases us out of the show this week with his second single, which made it all the way to number one on the iTunes chart. It's that super smooth voice of Jack McDougall with negativity. show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... That was awesome. Andy says... It does narrow down what we can do, which is probably not a bad thing. And our guest says... That was excellent, mate. Bloody good chat, actually. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. It's time to move on from your selfish ways Cause I know I'm a better man I've got my smile on and it's here to stay Gonna love me for who I am Why are you bother me? I've been fine for so long Then you go and come along Your ability is overcoming me But I want you to know that I don't need your negativity Why are you bother me? I've been fine for so long Then you go and come along Negativity Negativity Negativity